Welcome to Indonesia dan lain-lain. The podcast about everything you need to know about Indonesia. I'm Hayat Indriatno. I'm an editor at Monga Bay, the environmental news website, and previously at the Jakarta Post and the Jakarta Globe. This is getting repetitive, isn't it? We're going to have to start mixing this up soon. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to do like a we... Simpsons thing, yeah. change it every time. I'm Erin Cook. I am formerly at the Jakarta Globe, now running Daramulut Kemulut and with Coconuts Jakarta doing Indonesia Intelligencer. And a whole bunch of other stuff. Erin's uh, our Swiss Army knife. <laughs> Okay, so uh, Erin, like last time we uh, got into the, you know, the Medan uh, su- uh, suicide bombing mm. at the police station. What's the latest update on that now? There have been, as we both expected, a huge, huge amount of raids across Sumatra, mm-hmm. um, not just in Medan, kind of further out as well. Right. And uh, AFP is reporting there's up to 45 arrests. Oh, wow. And uh, two suspects, uh, two blokes who were suspected of having built the bomb okay. uh, were killed in a confrontation with so police. So it's pretty evident at this point that the guy was not working alone. This was not no. a lone wolf attack. And it was, that was like, I think maybe authorities kind of wanted it to seem that way for a while. It was right. very much like, yeah, this guy's on his own. And as soon as. Right. He was a in, radicalized individual. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And it just seems now like it's part of a much, much bigger network okay. that hasn't been, I don't know, perhaps monitored. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I, I still think we'll hear more about this right. in the next few. So my weeks understanding later. is that like family members also were arrested. I, I believe the wife was. Yeah, the wife was, um, and then I think a few of her family and mm-hmm. friends. But do not quote me on that. I think. Right. My understanding is that she was the one who radicalized him. Okay. So she's got kind of the connections to the network. Okay. So yeah, that you. There is this disturbing trend where entire families are, are doing it. Well, that's it. Like, that was the most sickening thing about the Surabaya. Yeah, exactly. That they brought their kids into it. Yeah. It was, yeah, that was. So, this is really a different batch from, from the people that carried out the, you know, the 2002, 2005 Bali yeah, bombings and then the it. other attacks since then. So, yeah, it's very different to J.I. Yes, very different from Jamaa Islamia. Mm. This is uh, Jamaa Ansharud uh, Dawlut. Uh, yeah. The, apparently, uh, reportedly, who was. Uh, Pledged allegiance to Islamic State. Yes, yeah, and they seem particularly uh, nasty. So they're yeah. they're targeting police, as we've seen, kind mm-hmm. of becoming quite common here. Right. But um, yeah, the the wife that got arrested mm-hmm. was uh, allegedly planning a plot in Bali. Oh, so wow. I don't know if maybe we'll see a shift from who they're targeting, or if that's a one off. Or okay, yeah. so Bali's still like perennial target, right? Yeah, I think if you want to make big news, all right, you got to do Bali. Yeah, just. Horrifying. Which is sorry. Which is uh, you know more bad news that Bali doesn't need because I was just going to say yeah. I sh- wish I didn't bring that up because this is the worst segue of all time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but Bali is now on the no travel list. Oh no, should not say that. No travel list is a proper thing. This on the on on Fordors. Fordors is this uh, travel uh, consultancy. Uh, they they sort of rank destinations and that sort of stuff. And uh, Bali is one of their places not to visit. Apparently, yeah. Which is. I don't know. I think it came across as a bit of a shock to most people because Bali, of course, is gorgeous and one of the right. best places on earth you could ever go. Yeah. But then the reasons why they said this is why we think it's not worth it anymore were really, um, yeah, justifiable. They said right. too much waste, water scarcity. Right. And just a bunch of asshole tourists. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> which is you know. Fair cop. I, I don't know that uh, that the quality of tourists was, was ever a problem before because, you know, uh, People like to make the comparison between Thailand and Bali and, mm. you know, the same sort of tropical beach destinations with, you know, really deep cultural yes, significance. Yes, totally. uh, 
But if you look at the quality of tourists in in Thailand, you know, mostly backpackers, budget mm. travelers, that sort of stuff, and then you look at the ones in Bali who are staying in resorts. These yeah, are people big money more, spenders. Yeah. Uh, but apparently now the quality of tourists is going down. Yeah, I think um, we've seen a couple of stories recently. I, I pay a lot of attention to this because it's always my people. Well, often my people. Um, Bogans. <laughs> no, Australians. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, there have been a few cases. And it feels like it's on the rise mm-hmm. recently of, um, you know, just Australian blokes getting too drunk and right. fighting everybody. But I think they're also talking about um, like a, a lack of respect at, uh, at all the beautiful temples right. and that sort of thing, which yeah, probably has happened for a long time. I don't know. I don't go to temples in Bali you know, anymore. If you ask me personally, I feel that, you know, the commercialization of the culture, the religion, that's yeah. been going on for a while. Yeah. Um, in terms of quality of tourists, um I don't want to sound racist, but I think, you know, <laughs> I think for for many people, uh, it's the busloads of Chinese tourists coming over. And these guys are hardly spending any money well, there. Well, this is the interesting uh, thing. I, that's, I think, I believe the government calls it zero-dollar tourists yeah, or something like Coconuts that. Yeah, Coconuts Bali, actually, uh, I think probably this time last year had a brilliant report about this, which if you're interested in this sort of thing, definitely look up. Because, yeah, people will pay, you know, X amount of dollars to – a tour operator and then mm-hmm. not as uh, not a rupiah as soon right. as they get here. Yeah. Which must be so demoralizing mm-hmm. for if you're running a warong or whatever right. trying to make things happen. And just imagine like several busloads of, of yeah. people just coming out just arriving at a temple at any one time, you know, mm. just a horde of people just descending. So It would be funny at Monkey yeah. Forest though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so quality of tourists and then obviously the water shor- shortage mm. in Bali. Water shortage has been acute there for a while. So they're d- really just draining the groundwater. Yeah, this was, um, this is interesting because the new governor who was elected last year, and I cannot remember his name right now, which is embarrassing, he made water a part of his mm-hmm. election platform. And it just seems really like uh, it's just so bad. There's not much that can be done. Right. anymore, which is horrifying. Right. Uh, and he really wanted to peel back on new developments and mm-hmm. all that. Right, including Benoa Bay, yeah. which Ooh, yeah. he was really pushing against that. And fortunately, he found an ally in, in Suzy, the Puji yeah. the former finish, fisheries minister. <gasps> That's a good point, actually. We should check up on that now that yeah. it's uh, no, so, so she's she uh, one of her last acts before leaving office was to declare it a conservation site. So, so the new minister can't mess with it at all? Technically, yes, uh, development can still go ahead, yep. uh, but it'll be very, very unpopular. Well, yeah, I think it's a bummer, but I, I don't know. I was really interested to see the comments mm-hmm. from uh, the vice governor who, he said something along the lines of like, oh, this, it's not good news, but I'm, I'd like to see it optimistically. So this is a motivation to just try better. Right. And I don't know whether he means try better to uh, get people to continue coming or try better to fix the issues that Fordo pointed right. out. Right. But um, I don't know. Because a lot of these things are just unsustainable. You can't sustain that many people at any one time. Yeah, you can't crazy. keep drawing the groundwater at that mm. rate. You can't keep dumping plastic trash. Yeah. I, I think plastic trash was, was one of the problems that Fordo cited, right? That's it. And that's an interesting problem there as well because there have been reports that like a lot of the trash that washes up on what would ordinarily be beautiful beaches mm-hmm. can be traced back to Java. Right. And is that something that Bali can even fix? It sounds like a much, much bigger yeah. problem. And if Jockey wants his 10 Balis, maybe he needs to fix, the fix first his one. first one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Uh, all right. What other sad news do we have this week? Uh, okay. So you're still on the same theme of certain environment. Uh, okay. You remember back in the summer or Northern Hemisphere summer, uh, the world was up in arms about the Amazon burning. Yes. It was huge news. Huge. Uh, you know, we had 
celebrities, we had government officials coming out, everyone saying, you know, Brazil should no longer have its sovereignty over the Amazon so that it can be managed better mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, and it was devastating. Like huge areas were just burned down. Yeah, oh, some of the photos from it are just incredible. Right. Uh, but at the same time, and it, it is still going on to some extent, to a certain smaller degree, Indonesian forests are also burning. Mm. Uh, and that sort of went under the radar because everyone was focused on the Amazon. That's it. I don't think that the degradation of the forests themselves really broke through. It became mm -hmm. a story about haze and how that affects Malaysia right. and Singapore. Right. As soon as it hits an urban area, then that's yeah. big news, right? And then that's sort of what precipitated the, the whole buzz about uh, the Amazon is because Sao Paulo got hit by haze. Ah, uh, yeah, right. right. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have just been another year of burning. Mm. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, so while this, the Indonesian fires went under the radar, there's... Uh, been a recent study done. Uh, okay, we talk about burning, we're talking about uh, greenhouse gas emissions. Yep. So um, the total greenhouse gas emissions, and they did a study uh, from the Indonesian fires was, uh, get this, 708 million tons, uh, metric tons of carbon equivalent. Uh, so yes. 708 million, that's the number to uh, focus on. Uh, the Amazon fires yep. this year, half, half of that. Oh gosh. So it, it just goes to show you that a story that just went under so under the radar, mm. it's so much more significant in yeah. terms of its climate impact. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, you got fires going on right now in Australia, I believe. Uh, Australia is annual uh, carbon emissions, total carbon emissions from industry, from fires, from uh, cars, transportation, all yep. that is less than the carbon emissions from the burning from in the Indonesia fires. this year alone. And so, uh, like in September, September was the worst month, 420 million tons. 420 million tons is what Italy puts out. The whole of Italy, yep. industry, you know, uh, transport, everything in a year. Yep. So, you know, these fires are, they're, yeah. it's, it's insane. It, the, the scale of it is insane. And yet, hardly anyone noticed. No, that's, a, I think. That's a really, really scary point because right. so much of the coverage, the international coverage, of course, about the Amazon was really like, we need to pay attention mm -hmm. because we're losing this historical site plus Plus we're churning out emission. so much, yeah. yeah, carbon. Oh, yuck. So, yeah, you know, Jakarta governor can, you know, issue permits for electric cars and charging stations and whatnot, but... Until this stops. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't stop putting the carbon in the mm. air, it's not going to help. It's not going to make a dent. It's not going to do. Has anything. anybody said it? Well, has the government, national government, said anything about this yet? Uh, no, not yet, because the study's only just out. Uh, yeah. Manga Bay, we're only just covering it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, just, yeah. Watch out for that story on Manga Bay. It's coming up. Like you know, it'll probably be up by the time you hear this. So uh, yeah, just keep an eye on that. We we got the full numbers there. Yeah. So. Oh God, yeah. that's so dark. Yeah. So yeah. In so is is it fair to presume that this would have happened? So this year was. Uh, Compared so much to 2015, is it fair to presume that uh, it was similar it was bad? It was it was the worst since 2015, but it's not as bad as 2015. Okay, right. yeah. So 2015 was something like 1.3 billion tons. Oh Jesus! Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah, just just to give you uh, some perspective, so uh, 708 million tons uh, just in the in the in the space of a few months, that's double what Thailand does in a year. Mm. And and Thailand's got like crazy industry, right? Even more industry than here, yeah, yeah. And, and transport as well. Uh, so yeah, huge story that's, you know, doesn't get anywhere near the attention that it deserves. Yeah. Hopefully this report, uh, lights a fire under someone's <laughs> ass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, carbon free fire. 
but I don't think we'll be seeing the end of palm oil yeah. industry anytime soon. Yeah. So, you know, obviously the one of the main culprits for these mm. fires are, you know, you know, plantations for palm oil. Um, and the rest of the world is pretty much recognized as, uh, so you've got, you know, consumer pushback, you've got governments uh, yeah. pushing against palm oil and the European Union. They're uh, very much leading on this. Yes. So uh, earlier this year, they actually uh, issued a policy where, whereby they're going to phase out uh, the recognition of uh, palm oil as a biofuel. Mm. So palm oil is used as biodiesel, yep. uh, similar to uh, sugarcane or, or corn uh, ethanol in, in, yeah, right. in gasoline. Yep. So uh, palm oil would be the diesel equivalent. So um, the European Union, uh, by 2030, uh, they're going to phase out uh, palm oil a- as biofuel. Is that the main part of the, the industry or is it... Just a portion, but a sign of the times. No, it's it's a portion, and and the yep. EU is like what the second biggest market for yep. Indonesian uh, palm oil. Right. So this is why yeah. Indonesia and Malaysia are freaking out so hard. Yeah. So they've been, you know, ever since that policy was announced earlier this year, uh, they've been, you know, talking about uh, tit for tat trade war, and and mm. they're, uh, Malaysia's said they're gonna stop importing French cheese and wine and that sort of stuff. <laughs> oh <Yeah>. no! <laughs> uh, and not only that, they they also said they they might stop, uh, they might not consider French defense imports that sort of thing. So it, oh it is, right, that is, that's is quite serious. serious yeah. yeah. And so um, the argument, obviously, on the European side is that they cannot consider something as being a biofuel if it is sourced in such an unsustainable manner. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's totally fair Which makes sense, right? Uh, And the Indonesian-Malaysian argument is that, no, the EU has always had it in for palm oil because they want to support their own vegetable Mm. oil growers. So basically rapeseed oil, uh, sunflower seed oil, uh, those those kinds of producers. And and, uh, are those oils much more sustainable to produce? Hell no. No. Uh, That's the thing about uh, palm oil. We we like to demonize palm oil, Mm. but the fact is it's the most efficient. Yeah, right. So if if you wanted to uh, produce the same yield of of oil of vegetable oil from a different crop, let's say rapeseed, mm. you will need to clear a forest area which is like maybe what six to ten times bigger Holy than smokes. for palm oil. Yeah, right. So palm oil is the most efficient right now. Right. The problem is is the way it's being yeah. grown. Okay, this is interesting. So Indonesia has been threatening, and it now seems like they'll go ahead with it to take uh, the EU to the World Trade Organization. Right. Uh, so will this be part of this would be the main argument that Indonesia is being unfairly demonized. Right. In, in favor of, of uh, you know, vegetable oil producers from the EU who yeah. grow other vegetable oils. Yeah. So that, that's their argument. Oh, right. No, that's, yeah. I did not know that. That's super interesting. Because yeah. I think you're right. Like, I don't know. When I was growing up in Australia, it was very, there'd be ads on mm-hmm. telly with the orangutan and all that. Just like, yeah. don't use palm oil, don't use palm yeah. oil. Well, the, the, never heard a freaking thing about rapeseed though. Right. Yeah, exactly. But uh Obviously, you know, in Europe, they don't have tropical rainforest to, to yeah. cut down. Um, the the thing, though, is it's hard to get away from palm oil. If you brush your teeth in the morning, which I hope you do, uh, you're using palm oil. There's, there's palm oil in your yeah. toothpaste. If you, you know, if you put cream in your coffee, yeah, there's yeah. palm oil in that. If if you shampoo your hair, there's palm oil it's in, in that everything. too. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, I'm going to be armed with that next time. I'm going to yeah. fight with someone in Melbourne about palm oil. Yeah. And oh, this is just an important distinction here. Uh, I, I know a lot of people like to say that the EU is banning palm oil as a biofuel. They're not banning it. What they're doing is uh, individual EU member countries yep. can continue to import palm oil and use it as biofuel, but it won't be recognized as a biofuel by the EU, and hence it won't be uh, you know eligible uh, for, for subsidies yep, and, yep. and rebates and that sort of stuff from the EU. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, God, this is so complicated. Yeah. Yeah, okay. 
So it, it will still be considered a fuel, but no longer a biofuel, and hence no longer eligible for, yeah, for all the those good subsidies. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's definitely one to watch. The yeah. Indonesian Trade Ministry promised that it'll be it'll begin proceedings to sue through the WTO right. by the end of the year, which mm-hmm. I can't imagine would happen, but surely soon. Yeah. Um. And Malaysia looks like they're ready to. Yeah. To go Mal- for it Malaysia's as well. also been there because you know. It, Indonesia and Malaysia, they're the number one, number two uh, mm. producers. So they produce 85% of the world's palm oil. It's huge, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and the EU obviously is a huge market for them. Mm. So anything that, you know, threatens that market is, is going to hurt them. Uh, Indonesia has been sort of anticipating this. Yep. And the, that's why the President Jokowi has been uh, pushing for the B, B, was it B50 or B100 uh, palm oil program. So basically... Uh, stop exporting so much palm oil and consume it yeah, more domestically. right. Like use it yeah. for manufacturing here. Uh, so for biodiesel here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So use it more for biodiesel here rather than exporting it. And uh, obviously he's looking to expand markets. He wants to sell more to China. Yep. So Yeah, well, I can't yeah. imagine they'd give care too much about um, fires. Not really. And right now, they're, Chinese are actually being smart about it. They're playing a waiting game because they know Indonesia is, yeah. needs a new it's market. It's going to get desperate. Yeah. yeah. Well, this really got me a couple of years back when um, Australia and Indonesia were trying to sort out the free trade agreement between us. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know why I motioned to you and I specifically, <laughs> but between our peoples. <laughs> and one of the big things that um, uh, ad- Indonesian advocates were saying, like, oh, we, we want this to happen so we can export palm oil to Australia. I'm like, mm. oof. Ooh, I don't think Australia's <laughs> going to be buying up much palm oil. So it seems like China probably will be one of the only markets left standing. Uh, China and India. India is the number one for yeah. Indonesia. So in terms of uh, who Indonesia exports to most, number one is India, number two, EU, and number three, yep. China. That'll be, yep. yeah, okay, because, oh, I don't know, I don't want to get too deep ASEAN about it, but Malaysia's been fighting India about this as well lately. Yeah. It's be interesting to see if Indonesia can kind of kick them out completely. Uh, Indonesia and Malaysia, in terms of that, they, they, they do tend to work together very closely. Yeah. United front. All rivalries aside, they, yeah. they, they're pretty much united on Palm oil. Oh, my gosh. Speaking about yeah. rivalries, we didn't put this on the board, but do you mind if I just chuck this in? Go on, throw it there. You know how a couple of – a few months ago now when there was the qualifying match at Bunkano right. when the kids Indonesia, got into Malaysia, it? Right. Yeah. They did it again in KL this yeah. week. I'm obsessed with this. I don't know much about soccer, but... Yeah, football. Football, sorry. Yeah. Football. There's too many codes. This is like the fourth code. Um, I don't know. It just does my head in. It's amazing to me that, like, these two teams, supporters at least, mm-hmm. are so argy-bargy about it that they were just throwing firecrackers and right. traffic cones and there's like 30 people arrested. Right. Unbelievable. Yeah, it, it happens like every time they meet and it's even worse every time it happens in Indonesia. Yeah, right. So like the last time when it did happen in Gloria Bunkarno, they, you know, FIFA fined them and, and, and did all sorts of, handed out all sorts of punishments. Uh, I think in the one in KL, it, it wasn't as severe. Yeah. So Sounds like it was probably a bit funny. Plus, yeah. I don't know, home turf. Yeah. Well, yeah. not the home turf, rather. Yeah, and uh, I guess what, what gets lost in all this is that in both games, Indonesia lost. I know, that's the worst part. <laughs> when I was writing it up today, I was just like, and the match which Indonesia lost 2-0. Like, <laughs> oh, God. If they won, yeah. probably wouldn't get bashed. Right. Oh, shit. <laughs> this, I don't know. I'll take that to ASEAN and see what they reckon. <laughs> take um, it to WTO. <laughs> <laughs> I do love a good old school inter- Intra-ASEAN beef, though. (laughs) It's fun. 
What else we got? My least. Oh, no. I feel like I've been too mean to him in the last few weeks. Who are we talking about here? Jakarta Governor Anis Baswedan. Anis Baswedan. What did he do this time? So... I think I think I'm justified in this one. I think I'm definitely justified in this one. He has uh, overseen a forced eviction mm-hmm. um, of a neighbourhood up in North Jakarta, which has left uh, a community homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been offered subsidised, low cost housing, um, quite far away from where they were based. But I don't know. As long time Jakarta readers, watchers, and mm-hmm. Jakartans know, that's a really really I don't know, tough thing for him to have done. Right, especially since he expressly during his campaign said there would be no forced evictions. Forced evictions are a bad thing that Ahok does and if you vote me in and kick Ahok out, this will never happen again. Right, exactly. That was his campaign promise. And that's... How long? How long? We're two years into his term. Yeah, he he was uh, so he, elected in twenty seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. So he held off for a little while. For but, two um, years. Yeah. Yeah, and it's for, it seems to be the exact same sort of reasoning. It's like yeah. this, you know, makeshift community is kind of messing up the area. Let's get rid of you and put you <laughs> into apartments. Right, which was what Ahok was doing, and Ahok got demonized for that. I know, and like, right, I don't know. I feel a bit differently about it now than I used to. I understand. I think at the time I was very like. I get why he's doing it, and I don't see that much of a problem. Now that it's been a while, I'd be like, yes, that's actually a really horrible thing to do, particularly because communities get split up. It's not like everybody goes to the same apartment block mm-hmm. down the street. It's you go here, your neighbour goes there, right. um, where's your job, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And I think Compass had a great quote, which has been uh, republished by Jakarta Globe, uh, Jakarta Post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, where they spoke to uh, residents that had been evicted. And I don't know, this was just so awful to mm-hmm. me. She says, we were Anissa's voters. Why are we being evicted? He said there would be no eviction under his administration. She's like, right. it's the people that supported him that are being targeted. Right. I don't know, well, not the jack cell, but, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. So it's sort of like the MAGA voters, you know, wondering why their taxes have gone <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, totally. Sort of it's totally yeah. that sort of thing. I don't know. I just think he's he's had quite a few missteps in the last few months that have been, I don't know. Self-inflicted? Self-inflicted. Yeah. And this one just seems to be opening himself up to criticism mm. from people that would have otherwise supported him through all of the other bullshit. Well, I think this is, you know, a hole that he's dug himself into but he, because he made a lot of like really extreme mm. claims and promises during the campaign. Because I still think that he did not expect to win. I, I I can't speak to that, but I, I do know that he was trying all out to do everything that uh, Ahok was not doing, yeah. to portray himself as everyone that Ahok was not. Mm-hmm. And to do that, he made some outlandish, like very unrealistic promises yeah. and claims. And, and this is what, this what happens. Yeah. yeah. Which, oh, must be a lot of short-and-froated to Ahok it. house today. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Ahok is... Yeah, Alex on his way up. Uh, yeah, Anis is G- gonna yeah. go to work and have a good time. Yeah, yeah. I think Anis is going to have uh, kind of a, a messy few weeks. Yeah, ahead we've got the two on two reunion demonstration. Yeah, so we, we'll probably get into that a bit more next week. Mm-hmm. But it is something worth I think keeping an eye on because as right. we get closer to it, there's going to be a lot more conversation about yeah what his role is. How he's being courted by these right? You just yeah, just for a quick background. Mm. Uh, two on two was the 
the huge rally by uh, conservative Muslim groups. That uh, had to have been one of the biggest ever, right? right. Like I've never seen. Easily half a million, I would yeah. say. Yeah. So, a couple hundred thousand people. I remember that. You're like, oh, just stay home. Everyone yeah. work from home. So at Monas, uh, so that was uh, December 12th, uh, 2016. So that was during the height of the campaigning for the yeah. gubernatorial election. And it got very dirty. Like it was supposed yeah. to be just a, a nice prayer day and a yeah. bit of rallying for anyone that wasn't Ahok. But right. it got very yeah. uh, kafir, kill the kafir. Right, like, oh, right. shit. And so, yeah, so, uh, Anis really co-opted this movement mm. and, and he, he really rode it to, to victory. Uh, and, you know, now they... They're sort of clinging to him, and he can't get rid of him. So yeah, yeah, they're they're claiming that he supports them. He's given them their blessings for for this quote unquote reunion. Mm. I, well, this is it. We talked about this during the after the uh, Boasalu and Kapayu demos, mm-hmm. where he was uh, he looked very uncomfortable at how how embraced he was by right. some of these supporters right. that were I don't know probably the more vocal end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So. Great look. Well, again, this is a problem of his own doing. He got into bed with these guys yeah. knowing very well what they were, what they stood for, but also understanding that these were the guys that could deliver victory for him. That's it, yeah. And now he's got to pay the piper. Yeah, that's uh, – I don't know. Is it within – so when would the next election be? 2017? Uh, uh, so, uh, 2020. 20, yeah. 20, 2022. Yeah. Yes. Oh, God, that's going to be a complicated one to say. I'm not looking forward to the next decade. That's hard. Yeah. Um. So he's in a spot now where he does have to make that decision whether to court or to mm-hmm. turn your back and worry about somebody else jumping into that leadership. Ah, interesting. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, how extreme can you go while still being the governor of Jakarta, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Some of those snaps out of Boaslu just yeah. looked hideous. It's like your city's burning and you're smiling with. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll leave it at that, I think. Yes. Uh, I don't uh, know. I, well, Maybe we won't get into it next week, but the week after, once it's all done and dusted. Right, yeah. Because it's been a bit of a bummer the last couple of, of rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So I'm going to make the call. All right. Anise Baswedan, villain of the week for these evictions. It's not I a good agree. look. I agree. But <laughs> I, can't, I, don't think, I can't think of anything good, so what do you have to balance this out? Uh, our hero of the our week? hero, yeah. Is actually is a guy who's actually called hero. His name is Bambang, oh. Bambang Hero Saharjo. Yep. He's a professor at uh, IPB, the Bogor Agricultural Institute. And uh, this past week, he he got an award in London. Um, oh, I've read about this. There's a good write-up about this, I think, on uh, The Guardian. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, the John Maddox Award. So basically, it's it's an award for scientists or, or um, you know, pe- people in that, in that profession who uh, – who do their best to uh, explain science and uphold science in the face of uh, ignorance and bigotry yep. and that sort of thing. And so the reason that he's he, he was awarded uh, was because um, he's served as an expert uh, witness for the government yep. in something like 500 cases or something. Holy smokes. In which the, man. Yeah, in which the government has uh, taken uh, plantation companies and, and mining companies and all kinds of companies to court for environmental violations yeah and his specialty is fire forensics so we were talking about fires right yeah so forest fires land fires uh, basically fires set by plantation companies that sort of thing uh he's uh, been instrumental in getting like uh, massive fines levied against these companies and in return he's uh, a lot of these companies have actually uh, lashed out at him and they've sued him. Yeah, all oh, right. So he's become a target. He's become a target. Uh, I think one of the last ones, they sued him for, what, 3.5 million US. Holy shit. Which is insane, right? How yeah. do you sue an uh, 
individual for 3.5 million yeah, US. Yeah, especially an academic type. Like, geez. Exactly, right. And the the basis of their lawsuits against him are really frivolous. So like one of them said, no, he made a typo in, in the document that he presented to court and that sort of thing. Um, and none of these lawsuits have held up. So all these companies have been ordered to pay fines and they've, in retaliation, they've sued him, but none of those lawsuits have held up. Yeah, right. And so, yeah, so he was awarded the John Maddox Award and, um, you know, amazing news. Uh, the guy's name again, Bambang Hero Saharjo, um, a professor of fire forensics, which is, I think, pretty awesome. Yeah. We've got a video on him. Uh, we profiled him actually before. Oh, really? We- Let's, we'll tweet out the, the profile on the Indonesia yes, DLL absolutely. Twitter. Yeah. 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 So okay. Uh it's it's all the Manga Bay and uh I believe that our coverage of him uh, in Manga Bay may have swayed the yes. awarding. So yeah. Oh, good on him. Oh, that was my sorry if that got picked up in the mic. That's friend <laughs> yeah. of the pod, Bryce. So yeah, so that's my hero of the week, is his uh, actual hero. God. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, no, that is awesome. What a oh, as we say back home, what a mad dog, but that doesn't <laughs> translate nicely here. Good on him. Okay, that's a nice note to leave it on. Okay, yeah. Brilliant. All right, so that's a very good note to end it on. Yeah, definitely a positive note to go out on, uh, you know, considering all the Yeah, it's been a, bleak a, news another so bleak far. one this week, but yeah. hopefully next week we'll be able to bring some good news yeah. from out of Indonesia. Right, but, absolutely. Uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye out. All right. Yeah. So see you next week. See ya. Da. Indonesia Down Line Line is a production of Gentle Media. Our producers are Lisa Siragar, Christabel Pilar, and Budi Dharmawan. Our editor is Satria Utomo. Dada! Sampai jumpa!